Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. Kenny, today we get to begin talking about the seven things that love is. And the first on your list is that love is patient. You think we could skip this and go to the next one? <laughs> well, we can't. It's too much, a, too, too much of a vital part of our life, and patience is love. So what is patience to you? Hard. It's, it's, it's really hard. Um, I think it's really important that we get an idea, though, what, what patience should mean and what it shouldn't mean. Um, just meaning that I should be patient with the truth. Um, I should be patient in love. But I, sh- I shouldn't be patient in selfishness or patient in sin or patient in things that are, are hurting me and are hurting other people. Um, so, Are you saying patience would be like waiting? Um, well, it, it, all, I would, it often includes waiting, but it's not just waiting. It's, it's how you wait, I think. Um, so, so, I mean, you, we can wait very impatiently and be panicking on the inside or doing a lot of making, we're making decisions. Um, based That's a great on, distinction. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, the quality of how you wait. Right. And why you're waiting and what your understanding is of why you're waiting. I mean, there, there's a scripture in Proverbs. I was going to read it. It's uh, Proverbs 14, 29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. And so I used to think patience. So, you know, when I read whoever is patient has great understanding, I, I, for some reason I just read that is patience leads to great understanding which in some cases it does, you know, if it, so you're patient because you don't have understanding. Then in time, truth reveals itself to you. Now you have understanding. But I think it's also, I think, I think what also is here is that when it says whoever is patient has great understanding, it's also, I believe, saying you're patient because you have great understanding. So it's this understanding of the truth of what's going on that kind of naturally or lends itself to me finding it so much easier to be patient. So I understand what's going on. I understand what's so. And when I was saying, you know, we shouldn't be patient in sin, you know, we should be patient with sinful people, but we shouldn't be patient with their sin. And, and I hope, you know, if people love me, I'm sinful people over here, if people love me, my wife loves me, she's patient with me, but she's never patient with my sin. So I think it's, you know, in, in today's world, you know, I think we, we so often confuse patience with uh, passivity and complacency. So I'm just patient with you and your sin. Well, that's what sin wants. That's what sin needs to destroy our lives is for us to be patient in our selfishness or for me to be patient in your selfishness or you, for you to be patient in my selfishness. That's not love. So we need understanding. Now, if, if the understanding that you have for me is that, yes, I, I, I am caught in selfishness, I am caught in sin, 
you want to be patient with me, but but the truth is, reveals to you that I'm actually fighting and trying and trying and trying to find my way out of this. I'm not embracing this sin. Um, I don't want anything to do with it. So then, hopefully, if you love me, you will be patient with me as I fight to find my way out of this. But if your understanding is that I'm in some sin and I love my sin and I don't want to let go of my sin and I want to embrace my sin and I want to go where I just I want my own truth, basically. You know, our, our world's so full of this your truth stuff when in reality, if your truth isn't the truth, it's not the it's not truth at all. It's a lie. And so if, if my truth is this lie and you're patient with me with living a lie, you're failing to love me. So you, sh- you should be patient with people, but not patient with their sin. And I think distinguishing that helps a lot. And, and, and so, so you know, back to Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is patient has great understanding. I think you could al- also say that when you have great understanding— it's a whole lot easier to be patient if you're loving, right? If my, if so if my goal is what is best for you and I have understanding. Now, I can be take this a, a step further and a, a, a little deeper maybe, but, but if I understand that your sin is hurting you, I have to be patient in a couple of ways. First of all, if I love you and I care about you, then it's hard on me to watch you stay stuck in whatever sin or whatever it is that you're, you're stuck in. So it's not just hard on you. It may not even be too hard on you in the moment because you like it, but it's really hard on me. So sometimes my patience is, is that I'm willing to long suffer. As I watch you or someone I love continue who's stuck in their sin and they don't want out of it. So sometimes my so how do I say this? If I love someone and they're stuck in their sin and my understanding has become that they're there because they want to be there and they have no intention intention of changing, then it's not loving for me to be pretend I'm patient and not care that they're staying the course in their sin. So to them, hopefully myself, I, to them, in the midst of their stubbornness in their sin, would appear somewhat impatient because I'm not going to be patient with them staying there. So I'm just going to, you know, in other words, I'm saying, I'm sorry, but I love you, and I'm never going to pretend that's okay. And I, I want you out of that because I love you. And then my, where I am, where, then I have to be patient in and of myself because it's brutal to watch, and it's brutal to, to, to care when I'm watching this. What I want to do is just say, you know what? Good luck with that. And, and brace for suffering. You know, and, and if I'm not careful, I'll even find myself wanting to see that all unfold. Where patience will 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 make it clear. I don't support you in that, but I do love you, and I am here. You know, the prodigal son's an incredible story, and I think you know where he, where I think he, he's so patient 
what his son and what he was doing and everything else. You know, he didn't go, he didn't, he didn't try to pull him out of there. He, you know, but he was there. I think it would have been so hard for me in my own life for that patience not to run out so that if I ever saw him coming down the road, I'd be like, hey, I'm not sure, but I think I recognize him. Somebody go see, because if it is, turn him around because my patience is done, right? So we're patient with people, not their sin. Does that make sense? It does. And, and I think understanding, so this scripture means a lot to me because it says, you know, patience has great understanding. I mean, I'm sorry, whoever is patient has great understanding. So when we're struggling to have patience, we should seek understanding. And then and for, for someone's sake, what's really going on here? And then we have to make sometimes a hard decision, sometimes usually a hard decision if it's requiring some form of patience, of what is best for them, what is best for you. And then, what, then I have to make that decision and trust. Okay, so, But all of this requires a knowledge of God's Word and a relationship with Him because you can't make, it's, it's almost impossible, virtually impossible to make decisions that we believe are truly best for people if we don't know what's best for them. And so the world has this mindset that you don't know what's best for anyone, only they know what's best for them. Well, that's not true at all. Only God knows what is best for them and best for us. So if we know what's best for someone, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's gray, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's harder than that, but most of the time we know what's best for someone. We know what God's Word says. We know what they're doing. It's clear to everyone. It's not, it's not difficult. We have that basic understanding. And then we, it's going to take patience. I've seen people go years. I mean, just recently I got a, uh, a family member that honestly, I kind of gave up on myself, and um, it's maybe one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. Uh, Twenty years of, like, I don't know, you know, but, but but his mom and dad, their patience was staggering, and and to me, many times I thought it was foolishness, but it's looking like it wasn't, you know, and it's awesome. So, understanding brings patience. Let me give you an example. And, and share a story. And I think this helped me a lot as a child and growing up with learning to come and understand how patience works in our life. So my mom and my dad fished commercially offshore. And, you know, frequently they, we, we, were, we were pretty, we're fairly small vessel fishermen, not the big crabbing boats you see on TV and all that good stuff. You know, we were running smaller vessels, you know, with maybe four, five people on board. And they were red snapper fishermen. And, um, you know, so growing up from toddler to 12, 13 years old, you know, I was, if the babysitter wasn't available, I was on the boat. <laughs> and, and sometimes I wanted to be there, sometimes I didn't. I mean, the worst part about dad going fishing was that it, it wasn't for fun. You know, it was, it was to make a living. And that meant if it was rough or if it was nasty, that you just could go ahead and prepare for the beating. And so you learned to, you'd learn some patience just taking the beating all the time. But but uh, so they grew up fishing, and I grew up fishing. They they were commercial fishermen. But one time um, while fishing offshore, maybe about a hundred miles or so offshore, it was our boat and one other boat, and there a fog set in. And so it, it, you got to realize at this time, the only navigation means we had was the depth finder or dad had. I didn't know, I didn't even know what they were, but <clears throat> I mean I knew what they were, but I didn't know how to use them. He had a compass, and he had a depth finder. That was it. I mean, there was no such thing as GPS or any of that, any of that stuff. So 
you know, you're 100 miles from shore out in the middle of the, of the ocean, and a, 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 um advection fog is this fog where you have warm, moist air. It's usually coming from the south because we're the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's tropical air, basically. This warm, mo- moist air that's low to the ground. It's like a horizontal wind, basically, that's blowing across the ocean. It's warm and moist, but it blows over cooler water. So when that warm, moist air blows over that cool water, it creates a ton of humidity in this insanely dense fog. And they usually aren't real high fogs, or, you know, but, but they're, if you're on the ground, you pretty much lose all visibility. You know? So if you're in a 30-foot boat, you're doing good to see the back of the boat from the front. That's how, how dense it is. <clears throat> The problem with the advection fog is that, you know, most fogs will burn off with the sunlight. So the sun comes up, and, and they, they roll, for, first of all, they just roll in out of nowhere. When that warm air, moist air comes, the next thing is the sun won't burn them off because it's that warm, moist air going over the cool water that is creating it. They won't leave until the wind changes directions. So that's blowing the air the other direction so you get to equal temperature, you know, closer to equal temperature between the water and the air right there which means they can last a long time. They're not going to go anywhere. So we'd never been caught like this, but, you know, they're that far out, and this infection fog moves in. There's one other boat with us. Well, quickly, they start disappearing like they're right next to us. Dad is like an instrument guru. Well, first, he's an analyst. He's an engineer. He, that's just his mind, his brain. He loves it. He's won awards for uh, at this time for navigating with this compass and this and a stopwatch and a depth finder, you know, in, in the blind, like they would blindfold him. And then they would, you know, that's how he trained himself because he always felt like, you know, if, if our family's life was on the line every time we went out in the middle of that ocean. And he knew that. And so he wanted to be able to get us home safe. So he took it very seriously. Well, the other boat was not, they didn't really know, they knew how to fish, but they didn't really know how to navigate. So they, as soon as the fog blows in, they get nervous and they come over and get close to, to Dad's boat. We sit there waiting, and pretty pretty soon, you don't know at first exactly what's going on, but pretty soon it becomes clear what kind of fog it is and that it's not going to go anywhere. And so you kind of have a decision, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to try to navigate your way back in. Now, you could just look at your compass and say, hey, I'm just going to go south, I'm sorry, north. In our case, we're going south to get offshore. I'm going to go north. I'm going to follow my compass north till I get into shallow water on the beach somewhere. And then I'm going to guess which way I should go, right or left, to try to get back to the jetties or wherever, you know, where we've got, where, where our home jetties are and where we can get back to the boat ramp. But if you make a mistake there, you don't go out 100 miles offshore with fuel to get lost and stumble around and then be able to get back. So you got these two smaller vessels. If they if we fool around and run out of fuel out there, we got a bigger problem. So we kind of just wait for you know for a while, and then it's like you know what? Dad comes up with a plan. He says, you know, I think if I take this heading on my compass, the ocean floors you have to understand is almost flat, virtually flat. And where we're fishing, once you get a little closer to the shoreline, even still 25, 30 miles offshore, it's not that deep. So it's like 30, 40 foot deep, but it is flat like a pancake, except for the ship channel. The ship channel is 25, 30 feet deeper than that. So dad's thinking was, if I take this heading on my compass from where I think we are, we weren't, if we, that would have happened, you know, sitting on a wreck somewhere or something, he didn't know exactly where we were, but we were, you know, boat was traveling. So he's go, okay, from where I believe we are, if we take this heading on my compass, I don't think I can miss the ship channel. 
So that's this trench that's, you know, 40, 50 feet deep that runs for miles across the ocean floor because our coastline is so shallow, they have a channel out there. So these big ships, super tankers and stuff, they can't just go anywhere. They, they follow that channel. So dad goes, okay, we're going to take this heading until I hit the ship channel. And then my plan is once I hit the ship channel, I'm going to drop off in the deeper water. Then I'm going to go north, take the north heading, and I'm going to weave back and forth, shallow water to deep water. So I'm going to, I know, so I'm in 20 foot of water. I'm going to head more to the west. When I drop off into the deep water, I'm going to turn back to the east until I come back up into the shallow water. And as I'm doing this, I'm also making my way north towards the shoreline. So I believe I'm in the ship channel and I'm headed for the end of the jetties to find my way back. So it sounds like a great plan. Everybody's on board. The fog is so dense that we, I think that we threw an anchor rope or something to this other boat because it's like if, a couple of times they got a little too far back, we lost them. And man, I'm telling you, when you lose sight of somebody, they gone. You know, I mean, if you, if you get too far away, which can happen really quick trying to holler or something. And this is a windy fog. That's why the wind's carrying this area in. You know, you could lose. So they were scared to death. So we got a rope and we went incredibly slow and, and all this good stuff. Well, here's what happens. You know, that's a great idea. Everybody loves it. It makes perfect sense. But after about 45 minutes, people start saying, man, the murmuring, right? I think we're going further offshore. You know, somebody else says, I think we're going in circles, you know, and then it's just murmuring at first. Then it's like, we got to speak up because if we're going offshore, we're going to die out here. Like we're going to run out of fuel 150 miles offshore out of communication. You know, that's it. So everybody starts saying, hey, and, and questioning dad. Hey, Bobby, it's, you know, it's been too long. You know, I mean, we hadn't seen sign of anything. Like that. like, we can't see anything. So, but he's, he's like, listen, I trust my instruments. I trust my con, my co- I trust my compass, and I know where that ship. I know that ship channel's out there. Like I, these are, this is the understanding. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. We have to develop the understanding, so that we can have patience. The rest of the people on that boat and the other boat didn't have the understanding, so their patience was running out quickly, and then it was making it hard for Dad to, to you know, to be. Patient as well. But he stays the course. Eventually, he hits the ship channel. So we're like, okay. I think, okay, guys. So everybody gets their confidence back. Hey, he might know what he's doing, right? So And he starts weaving in and out on that edge of that ship channel and making his way towards shore. Well, he knows about, he thinks he knows about where he should hit that ship channel and about how long it should take from based on the speed he's going and the direction he's going before he should hit the end of the jetties. And so he's weaving back and forth, and everybody start, you know, another hour, everybody's thinking, we're going offshore. We went the wrong direction on the ship channel. And Dad's like, my compass doesn't lie to me. You know, I hear y'all. It feels like that to me. Everybody's going on based on what they feel. And I don't know if you've ever been in a boat in the fog, but I'm just telling you, if you follow your feelings, you will go in circles till the cows come on. Like, you, there, you have no sense of direction, and the sense you have is lying to you all the time and even when you're looking at that compass it's so hard to follow it because everything you feel is telling you to go this different direction but that's he stays the course he's weaving back on and off the edge of the ship channel well he knows the time we should have made it to the end of the jetties and now it's like 30 minutes past that and no sign of the end of the jetties okay so now 
everybody is starting to go, did we just go offshore, not inshore? And the sheer panic, you know, is starting to set in. Dad is unwavering, but he had to be on the inside. He had to be wondering because, you know, it's, it's been way too long. And so the boat's click, still just clipping along, in and out, nothing. So at the time, I would say at which full panic is beginning to set in, a lady in the boat that was behind him with the rope starts screaming. And she's screaming and yelling, and Dad stops the boat, and they're like, what's going on, what? And she's, I saw something, I saw something. And they're like, which direction? She's, I saw something right over here to the right. So Dad's thinking, oh, my God, it's a ship. You know, we're in the ship channel, we're about to get hit by a ship. So he's paying close attention. He moves over a little bit. It was the jetty wall. So they, they didn't see the jetty because the fog was so dense. The last 30 minutes that they were panicking because they hadn't reached the end of the jetty yet, they had been inside the jetties the whole time. They're almost to the boat ramp and don't even know it. But, but what I'm saying is, is we need understanding to be patient. And when we have understanding, patience becomes a fruit of that understanding. Our understanding needs to be the truth, and the truth needs to be God's Word. And so it just, you know, as a kid and in growing up, seeing that steadfast, the, the faith my dad had in that compass— and in his depth finder, and his knowledge, and his, and you know, a lot of that comes from practice. Help me to understand that you know what that 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 we have something greater than a compass, and greater than a GPS. We have the Word of God, and we have truth. And if we're willing to seek it and search it out and flush it out, then patience can. It's it's just going to be. It's still not going to be easy. Okay, it wasn't easy. I promise you. I mean, Dad acted like it was easy. He didn't want to hear what he didn't trust everybody's feelings. Thank God he trusted that compass. But, you know, I just often imagine how hard was it not to turn around and go back out only to find out later you left the jetties. Right? Because you didn't trust the truth. You didn't trust what you knew was the truth. You trusted what everybody was saying. You trusted everybody's feelings. And I'm not saying I, I don't like the idea of knowing what other people have to say. You know, I mean, that lady screamed because she saw something. Dad didn't ignore it. He wouldn't know what, he, what did you see, right? And so we, we need to listen and hear what other people have to say, but we don't need to trust everything everyone has to say. So we need to care what people think. We need to care what they say, but we don't need to just trust it because we care. Because we care, we, we, we dig deeper. And then we get, us, we get ourselves a compass, better than a compass, better than a GPS. We get ourselves a savior we get ourselves jesus we get ourselves god's word as an anchor to our soul that that is our sense of direction when we feel completely lost does that make sense it does that's an incredible story it it it, it is an incredible story to uh, to live really you know and, and it's a great analogy with his instruments trusting the instruments right what is solid that you can put your faith in what is objective Mm-hmm. opposed to something that doesn't that changes yeah and and you, you you need to understand your instrument to trust it and and know, and you also need to understand what can make your instrument lie i mean the good thing about god's word is it doesn't lie a compass can lie by the way you know you if you put it's magnetic so if you put 
a piece of, of something. You put the wrong thing next to your compass. You know, my, one of the things my dad always carried offshore was a, a big knife, you know, to deal with fish and everything else. But if you put that, and I, sometimes I get that knife, put it up there on the deck too close to the compass, dad like, don't ever put that up there. My compass is going to start lying to me, you know. So if you're not, if you don't believe your compass in the boat, the first, you don't just assume it's right. You aren't patient in assuming it's right. You look around, make sure it's not lying to you. So same thing with people, you know. Um, we're not being patient whenever we know someone is lying to us or, or whatever it is, you know. If, if, if we know that or if we look closer and, we, and it reveals that, then we don't need to be patient with that. It's not best for them. If we love them, we, don't, we want them out of that. That's good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Oh, thank you. And it works great with your tagline, trust God's words no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.